Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show. We cover soccer in Atlanta. Sometimes we're not actually in Atlanta like tonight. We cover soccer in the southeast, all over the country, all over the hemisphere, all over the world. That's what we do on AST. Every Tuesday, 10 o'clock, and make sure you're subscribed to Off the Woodwork on the Odyssey app or anywhere you get your podcasts. That's where you'll get all of our soccer content from 92.9 The Game. If you are subscribed, you would have the full-time report from Saturday night's 5-2 win for Atlanta United over Inter-Miami. We're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to get into tomorrow's match, Atlanta United on the road where I am in Washington, D.C., facing D.C. United at Audi Field. 7 o'clock for pregame, 7.39 for the kickoff tomorrow night. And then we'll have an abbreviated full-time report because we'll be flying back right after the game because then Atlanta United plays again on Saturday against Montreal, Club de Foot Montreal. That's going to be on Saturday night at 7.30. Okay. Let's dig into this game from Saturday. Yes, Lionel Messi did not make the trip. Yes, he stayed at home in Fort Lauderdale or Miami. I'm not sure where he's actually residing at this point. Uh, Yes, he ordered pizza from a very famous Argentine pizza place in Miami. Uh, Yes, it's a little strange. But, hey, he's the GOAT, and if he wants to eat weird pizza, good for him. That's fine. Uh, He didn't eat it in Atlanta. He stayed at home, and this is a guy who has played 12 games in about 50 days or so. I think the biggest reason why Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba did not play or make an appearance in this match is because the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup final for Inter-Miami hosting Houston Dynamo, it's a week from tomorrow, and that's the biggest game that Miami has left on their schedule. They can possibly get into the postseason in MLS regular season play. Possibly. There's a lot of things out of their control. They can control how they are prepared for the Open Cup final. And honestly, I think that's what it comes down to. Is it disappointing? Yeah. Does it take any way away anything away from the win? No. Does it mean it doesn't count three points in the standings? No. 
Does it mean that Atlanta United didn't play really, really well? No. Atlanta United was outstanding on Saturday against Miami. This was, a, I think, a preview of what Atlanta United can look like in its current configuration. Now, remember, this is a team that added quite a few pieces in the summer transfer window. Yes, had to say goodbye to a few folks to get that space available to get it done. But then Atlanta went shopping, and full credit to Carlos Bocanegra and the scouting team and everybody in the front office for getting these deals done, and we're seeing the fruits of that now. Shandy Silva has changed this team. Tristan Muyamba has changed this team. Zabalob Janidza, I think, will continue to change this team, and he's not even a regular starter as of yet as he's still blending into the group. Jamal Tiare took a little longer to get him into the group, and he is still building up his fitness. Uh, Yorgos Yakimakis coming in in the winter transfer window. He's definitely changed this team. It's a really good group, and I think what you're seeing is the additions are very good players. They're the kinds of personalities that can blend in on the fly and adapt quickly. I think you're also seeing that they bring out some of the best qualities of players who have been here. Mateus Hosechu had one of his best matches in an Atlanta United shirt. Gave everything that he had for the team. Was cramping up late in that one. Won five of five tackles. That's not the kind of game that we expected to see out of Mateus Hosechu. Very good on the ball as usual. Five of five in the tackle. Did a great job defensively stifling Miami's attack. I think Caleb Wiley and Brooks Lennon getting back to the fullback position. This is something that Gonzalo Pineda talked about. A lot of people out there did not think Atlanta United would go for a winger in the summer transfer window. They actually went for two. And both of them are really impactful. And honestly, they kind of went for three because they brought Edwin Mosquera back from Defensa y Justicia in Argentina. So three wingers, it's like, what? Why? And Gonzalo Pineda talked about it. It allows him to play Caleb Wiley at left back and Brooks Lennon at right back. And now that they are in that position for the rest of the way this year, you've been able to do some things with them tactically that is really interesting. Brooks Lennon getting a goal on an assist from Caleb Wiley on Saturday night. That was one of my biggest takeaways from that match, the two goals that involved multiple passes. And we'll start with that first one because it highlights the importance of Wiley and Lennon playing fullback. Caleb Wiley was really running himself into the ground at times this season. And if you go back and look at the minutes played, first off, he's the leading field player of MLS players under the age of 20 in terms of minutes played in the 2023 season. Caleb Wiley's leading the way. With that being said, at times he's run himself into the ground with the sprints that he has made up and down the field. So it hasn't been just a passenger for those minutes. It's been a very intense set of minutes that Caleb Wiley's played. He's got to find a way to pick his spots, and I think he's done a very good job of that. He gets forward when it's dangerous for him to get forward. He stays home when he needs to stay home. Brooks Lennon is doing some of the things that we saw Andrew Gutman do on the other side to give Lennon the freedom to stay very high in the team when he was playing fullback, to stay very high and to push high up the field and, and stretch the field wide. 
Now Lennon is coming inside a lot more. There were two plays earlier before his goal that Atlanta tried to find him tucked inside of the right winger, Edwin Mosquera. Didn't come off, but it gave you a hint of some of the things that Atlanta's looking for. The other big takeaway, I mentioned that the two goals that involved multiple passes. The third one was the Wiley to Lennon that involved Sean De Silva. That also involved Luisa Brahm with a great ball out of the back to split the lines. The fourth goal involved the designated players. And when you're able to get all of them combining to create a goal, when it starts with Tiago Almada and he gets his 15th assist of the season to set a new club record, plays it out wide to Saba Lopjanidze, and his first time ball, the ball from Almada gave Saba the ability to do anything he wanted. The ball from Saba hitting it first time completely fooled the back line. They tried to step out. Yorgos Yakimakis walked the tightrope to stay onside. And if you've seen the uh, 2D to 3D modeling that is out there, he's onside. Very close, but he's onside. And he slams it home for the goal. When you're able to get two goals that are similar in the way that you're talking about multiple players combining to make it happen, but involving two completely different sets of players, that's a really good day at the office. Now, I want you guys to hear this clip. Um, the question is going to be coming in. This is in the post game from Saturday, by the way. The question is coming in from our good friend Jarrett Smith, and he, yes, he had shoes on this time. He asked Gonzalo a question about the match and control and how it went. Gonzalo's answer was really interesting to me. So here's Jarrett Smith first and then Gonzalo Pineda from the post-game media conference on Saturday. Coach, you're playing against a team tonight from Miami that likes to control the game with the ball the way you do. How, how happy were you with the way the team was chasing that fourth goal to put the game away but not getting overextended and putting themselves in too much danger? Yes, it's a, it's a very good point, yours, because we've been discussing with the team, with the players always. Uh, once we get a little bit of an advantage in the game, what's the best way to sustain that advantage and, and get the three points, actually? Because uh, Dallas, we were winning 2-1, and then they equalized on us. And uh, Cincinnati, we're winning 1-0, and then we lost the game. So we've been talking about those things, and of course, the clean sheet mentality. Today, we didn't achieve it, of course, but for me, they were too casual. The, the goals, the chances, I don't think they create enough chances like we did. Uh, but I think the team was very solid defensively as well. Uh, but at the same time, we're always talking about the best way to get that, um, to sustain the advantage is to increase it. Is we're winning 2-1, the best way is 3-1. Now we're 3-1, what's the best way? 4-1, that's the best way to to make sure that we get the three points. So it has to be a balance of enough attacking-minded situations, but the same uh, countermeasures to make sure we are not open in transition. Look, if y'all are hanging out with us on 92.9 The Game or on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass listening to the home team radio option, I think you heard some of the trepidation in my voice as it was 3-2 and Atlanta was pushing numbers forward and a little open at times. I think they did a pretty good job of managing the openness in terms of it wasn't like Cincinnati where it was counter, 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 counter. It was better than that. But Gonzalo lays it out right there. And this is what I have to get used to it. Everybody has to get used to it. I'm going to say something that I've said before, but I think that clip completely illustrates it. Gonzalo Pineda is the 
biggest risk taker as manager that Atlanta United has ever had. And I don't even think it's close. There's been talk in the past about the score third, score fourth, score fifth, score sixth. That hasn't always played out in the way that I think we saw on Saturday night. It can be dangerous. You've got to be good enough defensively to get that done, and that's still a question for this team at times. I don't think it was after the Miami match because both of the goals were different. The The first one's an absolute golasso from Leo Campana. The second one is a penalty that I don't think should have been a penalty because it deflected off of the body, and it shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, was not given a penalty in a similar situation, a more egregious version of it in Charlotte. Consistency from referees is a little bit of an issue, as we saw at times on Saturday night, but it didn't have any effect on the game. All right, D.C. United is the next opponent. That's tomorrow. This is a D.C. team that has three straight clean sheets without their starter in goal. You'll remember Tyler Miller. He's been the starter most of the season. On Monday, D.C. United announced that he's going to undergo surgery on a torn rotator cuff. Likely will miss the remainder of the 2023 season. Alex Bono, who's been a starter in this league before, he is in goal now, and he's been involved in those three straight clean sheets. Now, they've only won one of the three. The last two have been scoreless draws. This is a team that's very direct. This is a team that doesn't have those free-flowing sequences of possession with pass, 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 and then a goal. No, it's, it's a long ball, and it's fight for it, and it's bring it down, and maybe a setup and a goal. Christian Benteke has been the one on the end of that the most this season with 10 goals on the year. Mateus Click, he leads the team with eight assists. Donovan Pines, he's one of the most underrated center backs in the league to me. I think he's very, very good, very athletic. Going to be a handful on set pieces as well. DC will likely be in a variation of a 4-4-2. They're going to be pretty narrow in the attack, which makes them a little tough to break down defensively because they're going to clog the middle of the field. I think Atlanta United really has to create gaps between the fullbacks and the center backs. And talked about Brooks Lennon coming inside, finding those pockets of space. They went for it twice, didn't come off, found it the third time, he got the goal. I think Lennon in those pockets of space really could decide this match. It's a quick turn, though. You play this game, immediately get back to Atlanta, recover, have a walkthrough on Friday, and you're playing again against Montreal. And remember, that game in Montreal earlier this season, Atlanta won it on the road. It was a little feisty, and it was a little feisty between the managers at the end of it. Aaron Lasada and Gonzalo Pineda did not have the nicest of words at the end of that match, and we'll see if any of that carries over to Saturday night. Don't forget, tomorrow, Five Stripes Countdown starts at 7 o'clock. You can listen on 92.9 The Game. You can listen on the Odyssey app. You can listen on the Atlanta United app. Kickoff at 7.39. It's the same times for Saturday as well. Mike Conti and I will be with you from Audi Field tomorrow and then back at the Benz on Saturday. Coming up next on AST, the Champions League is back in Europe. We'll get you caught up in all the results from today and take a look at the schedule for tomorrow. We'll be back in five minutes on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app with AST. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore here in Washington, D.C., getting ready for tomorrow night's Atlanta United and D.C. United match. On our trip up, we were all keeping a close tab on the scores in the Champions League. It is back. First group stage games today. Yes, qualifying rounds had been going on, and there were some very interesting matchups in those, but the group stage proper started today, and it is the last time that we will have this kind of a group stage because the format is completely changing in the UEFA Champions League next year. 36 teams won't be drawn into groups. They'll all start the competition together in one league instead of six games in the group stage or first round or whatever we want to call it going forward. There will be eight games. Four at home, four away. You're playing teams from the different pots, and it's it, it's a little hard to explain. I'm sure we'll have plenty of primers for it next year. But this is the last Champions League under the model that I think we've all kind of come to love. We'll see how it all plays out. Manchester City is your defending champion. They had to sweat a little bit today. We'll get into that, but we got to start with the game of the day, the moment of the day at least. Lazio with a stoppage time equalizer through their goalkeeper? Ivan Providel got the equalizer. 1-1 draw with Atletico Madrid in Rome. Maurizio Sarri, the manager of Lazio, he said he felt like his team fully deserved the point. They trailed for most of the match after Pablo Barrios had scored for Atleti in the 29th minute. It was a header from the goalkeeper, Providel. Play recycles, and the cross is perfect, and Providel running onto it. It's as textbook of a header as you'll possibly find. Uh, Providel looked like he wanted to pretty much fight all of Spain after the match. Um, Huge game, huge moment, huge uh, homecoming, honestly, in a lot of ways, for Diego Simeone of Atletico Madrid, the manager, El Cholo. He won the Serie A with Lazio back in the day, and he was very warmly received back by the Lazio fans. 1-1 is the finish in that one. Celtic did not get any of those kinds of moments in their match on Tuesday. 
they had some moments, but maybe not the storybook ones. They had two red cards. They finished with nine players. They only lost 2-0, which I guess isn't that bad when you finish with nine. Feyenoord hadn't been in the group stage in five years. They got the win. Uh, no goals in the first half. They got two goals in the second half. Celtic had the two red cards in the span of about five minutes midway through the second half. Two goals were brought back that Feyenoord put into the back of the net. Uh, VAR, tight offside calls. And Celtic did keep up a little bit of history that they don't want. They have never won the opening match of a group campaign. Never, ever, never for Celtic. Not good. Barcelona, very good. Joao Felix, very, very good. He's been killing it lately for Barca. He's had two goals in this one. 5-0 win at home over Royal Antwerp. Uh, this is a, obviously not at Camp No. They're going through some renovations there. I think Barcelona's actually been fined for the way some of the work is being carried out. Shocker, Barcelona not following the rules. I know we're all surprised there. Uh, but Barcelona gets the 5-0 win. They've been knocked out of the group stage in back-to-back years. This was a really strong performance. Joao Felix with two, Lewandowski, Gavi, they scored as well. Xavi said between this and the 5-0 against Betis on Saturday, this is probably the best quality of play we've produced since I took over. Keep an eye on Barcelona and keep an eye on their finances and maybe the rules on their construction permits and such as well. All right, PSG, they have not been great so far in 2023 under Luis Enrique, their new manager, formerly of the Spanish national team. No Lionel Messi, no Neymar. Kylian Mbappe is killing it, though. He was on form again. Um, You saw maybe, I don't know, maybe glimpses uh, with PSG of what they could be under Luis Enrique. And when you play a a possession-style like Luis Enrique, and he wants to teach patience to this team. Think back to the Spanish teams, and some like it, some don't. It takes time. It's not something that you really grasp straight away, even if you've played in a possession-based or positional play kind of a model. It it takes time to get the nuances of what Luis Enrique wants. Maybe we're starting to see that, that PSG is starting to catch on a little bit. Killing Mbappe, second half penalty. Uh, he opened the scoring. Hakimi doubled the tally with a really nice goal. And PSG got the job done. Now, it's only their third win in six competitive games this season. They lost on the weekend. This gives Luis Enrique a little bit of breathing room. And maybe will give this team a little bit of confidence as well. Uh, Manchester City does not need extra confidence. They really didn't even need the confidence after Red Star found an opening goal right at the end of the first half. It did have to be uh, overturned because it was called offside on the field. It was not. Um, Osman Bukhari broke through and scored. It's a great goal. It was the only shot Red Star had in the first half. Manchester City had 22 in the first half and couldn't find the opener. They didn't need a jolt of confidence. They probably didn't need a dressing down at halftime for Pep Guardiola. Might have given it to them anyway. Uh, Julian Alvarez scored twice in the 3-1 win with three goals coming in the second half. City's on a 27-match unbeaten run in Champions League home games now. Almost immediately after the restart, after Bukhari scored at the end of the first half, almost immediately Alvarez and Erling Haaland, you know, what a combination. Uh, It's a great goal from the two of them. The ball from Haaland to play Alvarez through was brilliant. 
Alvarez then from a free kick. It's a, a cross that is misplayed. I, I think Julian Alvarez would tell you that he's trying to put that on goal, and I would probably tell you that he's lying. If it goes in the back of the net, you claim it. You claim it in this case, even if it's not necessarily true. Rodri made it 3-1 after 73 minutes, and City has won 19 in a row at home in all competitions. 27 in a row unbeaten in Champions League home games. And yes, they are the defending champs, and they are your favorites to win the title this year. Milan, Newcastle. This was a game that had a lot of people paying attention to it. Finished as a score draw in Italy at the San Siro. Uh, Newcastle hadn't been in the Champions League for two decades. Milan had a number of opportunities but couldn't get the job done. Newcastle will probably feel pretty happy about this. This group is is brutal. It's going to be a fascinating group as we get deeper into it. But Milan will feel a little disappointed. Christian Pulisic did not start in this game. That is something to keep an eye on with Stefano Pioli and what his lineups are going to look like in the bigger games this season. Now let's look ahead to tomorrow's games. Real Madrid, they are hosting Union Berlin in the 12.45 kickoff slot. Galatasaray is hosting FC Copenhagen as well at the same time. Union Berlin, they're the biggest underdog of the day on the road. It's their first ever Champions League match. It'll be a fascinating one because Real Madrid is the team that is seen as one of the favorites this year. It's Manchester City as the number one favorite. Not quite even money, but close. Bayern Munich is the number two favorite, according to most of the bookmakers. Real Madrid's third. And Carlo Ancelotti's kind of the king of this competition. I'm not as bought into Real Madrid in this season. Um, Look, that could change once you get to January if they want to go out into the market. But I don't think they're as good as they were last year. And I don't think they're as good as they were two years ago when they won the Champions League. I think they're good. I think they're very good. We'll see how they look against Union Berlin. But I don't think they are the third favorite. I'm I'm just not sure about them yet. Uh, Bayern. I do feel pretty good about them as the number two favorite. Uh, They get their campaign started, oh, against a team that is a little bit of a soap opera at this point, Manchester United. That's the highlight of the 3 o'clock kickoffs. Bayern's a huge favorite at home, and it's really no surprise because Manchester United has not been good on the road. They haven't been good in general this year. This is a team with... Players away from the team due to off-the-field issues. This is a team with players away from the team due to uh, training issues. This is a team that is just not looking right. And Eric Ten Hag, I thought, was the right hire. And he might still end up being the right hire. But ever since Sir Alex Ferguson left Manchester United, no one's been able to make that club theirs. No one. You've had a few who have had some successes, but they've not been able to really progress past that. And I don't, I'm starting to wonder if Ten Hag's going to be able to do that. This is a team that has become second fiddle in their own city. This is a team that, you know, back in the day, we talked about the Big Four in, in England, and it's not a Big Four anymore. It's not even a Big Six. It's. I don't know, is it 8? Is it 10? Is it 11? I mean, where does the line fall when you talk about the Premier League teams? 
But Manchester United is is in that group because of money. They're in that group because of stature. They're in that group because of popularity. They're not in that group because of quality. And they haven't been in that group because of quality in a long time. Will they get back there? I mean, they should. It's crazy that they haven't, you know, accidentally found their way into having a good year. With the amount of money they're able to spend, with the talent that they've had on occasion over these past few years, it's just wild that they can't get it done. I don't think they're going to start in this one. I don't think it's going to start on the road at Bayern. I think Bayern's going to take care of business pretty comfortably in this one. One match I do think could be a little interesting is Arsenal hosting PSV. Arsenal's a really big favorite in this, and Arsenal is a team that is trying to get to that next level. Last year, maybe they were a little bit ahead of schedule. Mikel Arteta, I think, is going to end up being one of the better managers in the world. You might argue he's there now. I I think he's still adding to his arsenal. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Funny joke. I think he is still kind of learning. And this is a good test for him this year in Champions League and how they handle it being in Europe, the grind, being back in the league, the grind of that. I don't know if they have quite the squad depth that Manchester City has, but they're going to have to compete on both fronts. It's an Arsenal team that you kind of feel like needs to get over the hump in terms of winning a trophy. Uh, I don't know if the league or Champions League is, is realistic, but... It's a team that I'm looking at, and and we've had this conversation when it comes to teams in MLS this season, like Cincinnati. Teams that haven't done it in a long time or haven't done it in a while or or haven't ever done it, you always wonder how they're going to handle big moments. Arsenal, look, this is game one of the group stage. It's not the biggest of moments. But I want to see if they make a statement in game one or if it looked like it maybe did at the beginning of the Premier League where... It was a bit of a struggle at times early on. It felt like they really had to grind out results. I'm curious to see how PSV handles this one. Other games tomorrow, Sevilla hosting Len, Braga hosting Napoli, Benfica hosting Red Bull Salzburg, and one that I'm really fascinated about as I lose my voice, <coughs> Real Sociedad hosting Inter. It's nearly a toss-up, according to the bookmakers. Going to take a break, come back with the 3-4-3, right after this on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with a 343. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9, the game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. I might sound a little bit different tonight. It's uh, My sinuses have picked a very bad time to let me down as my schedule is very, very busy these days with Atlanta United games in the midweek, with Atlanta United 2 season wrapping up. We'll talk about them here in the 3-4-3 in just a second. And the local college scene heating up as well. There's a lot of things going on right now. And yes, I am battling a very sore throat. So hopefully we can get through the 3-4-3 without my voice completely disappearing on me again. Let's give it a shot. We'll start with the local stories. And one of the other games that I was involved in calling over the weekend was for UPSL Georgia. Uh, The Atlantic Soccer Media Group does a great job with broadcasting games from both divisions of the UPSL Georgia League And if you don't know UPSL, it's a nationwide league that is divided into regions. So hundreds of teams in the league all over the country. Lots of MLS Academy teams are in it, and they're not really defined by an age group. A lot of times, like Atlanta United, they'll start with a U19 base. But you can have older players as well play in that. You can have players play up in age as well, and Atlanta United does that a lot. Other teams do as well. It's a nationwide league that has really taken hold here in the Southeast and specifically in Georgia. And I had a chance to call a match between the Atlanta Rovers and UMA FC. And it was a really good game. It was down at Terrace Stadium in Jonesboro, uh, right next to the elementary school that I grew up in at Kilpatrick. So it was very cool for me to be back down there anyway. It was the first time I had called a game from Terrace Stadium. And it was just a really well-played game game the underdog UMA they hadn't won a game all season they took a 2-0 lead and then Rovers came back and got two goals very late it was a really good level of play and I think what you're starting to see with this league one Atlanta United's academy team in there it's a great set of competitions for them and it's a good test for them Uh, a lot of times it's younger players playing against grown men and Many former college players, some former professionals, uh, really good tests. But also you're starting to see players from this league sign professional contracts in other places. Uh, There's a player who played in the league last year who played with North Georgia United who is going to play with Guam's national team. That's very cool. You've got players from other teams in the league who have signed with Atlanta United too and played this current season with them. So UPSL Georgia... Check it out. Make sure you're following the Atlantic Soccer Media Group on YouTube and on the social media channels. And if there are games being played near you, go check it out, especially the Premier Division. Some really good soccer being played in the local level. 
Number two on the local side, Mercer and Georgia Southern. Men's college soccer. Draw tonight in Statesboro 1-1. Ty Wilson, an Atlanta United Academy product. He had his first collegiate goal of his freshman year for Georgia Southern. That was in the first half. Gave them the lead. And Barzi Blama, another local Atlanta product. He played for NASA Top Hat. He leveled it for Mercer in the second half. So Georgia Southern and Mercer 1-1 draw tonight in Statesboro in men's college action. Atlanta United 2, got to finish with that on the local side for my number three story. They came up just short in their MLS Next Pro playoff chase. A 3-3 draw with Inter-Miami on Sunday night in Kennesaw. I think you saw early on a lot of young players that the moment was very big and the moment was maybe overwhelming in some ways for them. And you saw some mistakes that we frankly haven't seen from Atlanta United 2 in quite a while. Goals were given up. It was 3-1 at halftime, and the season was on the line. But that second half was whew, some of the most fun that I've had calling a game in a long, long time. Uh, we do the Atlanta United 2 radio broadcast for my soccer down here network. And maybe that's another reason why my voice is very sore, because that second half, Atlanta United 2 almost came all the way back to win this. They had to get three points on the night. They pulled it level to 3-3. Nick Firmino scored his 16th goal of the season. He's been incredible, um, as many of you know, whether watching Atlanta United 2 or seeing him score for the first team in his call-up. Kofi Tuomasi, who's been the captain and has done so well for this team defensively, he got the equalizer, and it was a great goal from him, a curler with his right foot into the far side netting. But they ran out of time. They had opportunities. Cole Jensen from Inter-Miami, great goalkeeping from him. 3-3 was the final. They do that shootout afterwards for a bonus point in the standings, and it was the most meaningless shootout ever because Miami's not going to the playoffs. Atlanta, it wasn't going to be enough if they won it anyway. Full credit to the Atlanta United players who went 5 of 5 in the shootout after their season was all but ended, um, at least competitively. They did win the shootout. They did get the bonus point, but come up short in the overall table, and they have one more match on the road in Columbus on Sunday, but no chance to get to the MLS Next Pro playoffs. Uh, We'll have some season recap coverage here on 92.9 on Off the Woodwork. Uh, the B-sides where I try to hit the academies and the second team. We'll have some kind of wrap-up coverage of the season coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Be on the lookout for that. Four headlines, and I'm going to stick mostly in the U.S. with this. Uh, we will cross over to Canada a little bit because we're going to talk a lot of MLS here in this spot of the 3-4-3. Three, three. The most important MLS game on Wednesday to follow if you are an Atlanta United fan. In my opinion, it's Charlotte hosting Philadelphia. The Union are in that fourth place spot that is so coveted by Atlanta United. But what makes this game interesting is Charlotte need Atlanta to beat D.C. because D.C. is sitting in that wild card spot that they covet. So Atlanta needs help from Charlotte. Charlotte needs help from Atlanta. I mean, can we work together on this, guys? Philadelphia is a team that Atlanta will see. They will get that matchup with them. It will be in Chester, PA. That's coming up here pretty soon, in a week from tomorrow. It's a game, or in a couple weeks from tomorrow, sorry. It's a game that's tricky. Um, This one with Philadelphia going to Charlotte. Charlotte couldn't find the way through D.C. 
I thought they had the better of the opportunities on the weekend. I think they're a team that can beat Philadelphia. They beat LAFC at home. I just worry how Charlotte's game will match up against Philadelphia's style. And I think it's a big test for Christian Latanzio and Charlotte FC. We'll, we'll see how they handle that. Atlanta could use Charlotte to have one of their best performances of the year because that could open up some doors for Atlanta to climb the table at the end of this weekend. Now, number two in the headlines, it's the rest of the MLS schedule on Wednesday night. We'll run through these kind of quick. Montreal hosting Cincinnati. Montreal hasn't won in their last three. Cincinnati's 2-1-2 two, and two in their last five away from home. Chicago is headed to Columbus. Now, the Fire are winless in their last five. The Crew are unbeaten in their last nine at home. Chicago was in the last wild card spot for a while. D.C. passed them, and I don't think the the Chicago Fire are going to get back into that spot. I think they had their run, and that was about all they've got. Columbus, on the other hand, is a team that, if you're starting to look at teams that you could see winning MLS Cup, I think Columbus has to be on that list. Another game in the Eastern Conference tomorrow night, Miami hosting Toronto. Will Lionel Messi play? I think there are indications that maybe he will. Uh, Jordi Alba, we don't know. Does it really matter? Toronto hasn't won on the road all season long, and I'm not expecting them to start tomorrow. NYC, it's kind of a must-win for them. They're hosting Orlando. Orlando's been one of the hottest teams in the league, and it pains me to say this, but they are another team that you could see winning MLS Cup. 7-1-1 one, and one in their last nine. Three, one and one in their last five on the road. New York City has only won twice since the 1st of May. Now, they've got a lot of draws in there, but only two wins, and they need three-point wins now the rest of the way. Red Bulls, they're hosting a struggling Austin FC who lost to Portland at home over the weekend. When you talk about managerial hot seats, Nick Cushing from NYC, I think he's on that list. I think Josh Wolf from Austin is on that list. Austin has really regressed this year, and they have a new general manager, technical director, sporting director, Rodolfo Borrell. And when he came in, he said he thought the team overperformed last year. Is this where they are? Is this less than what they should be? I'm curious to see what he thinks, and I'm curious to see if there are changes in the offseason in Texas. Nashville, they had the weekend off. They're headed to Kansas City. Kansas City got a result, got into a wild card spot, and then Portland jumped them with that win against Austin. So this is a really interesting game with Nashville and Kansas City. It's two against the West for Nashville. They'll go out West again on the weekend. We'll talk about that here in a second. Mention the Timbers. They're in that wild card spot after beating Austin on Sunday. They host San Jose tomorrow night. Miles Joseph getting things rolling for the Timbers. I, I questioned the move of firing Giovanni Savarese when they did, maybe it was the right move. St. Louis, they host LAFC tomorrow night. Could be a preview of the Western Conference Final. The new kids on the block, they've got one win in their last five. LAFC, they had lost three in a row before they beat LA Galaxy in El Trafico. The Galaxy, they're hosting Minnesota. Minnesota is leading the Western Conference in road wins this year. They're not very good at home but they get six wins on the road this year that's tied for the Western Conference lead. The Galaxy are 4-4-4 four, four, and four at home this season. 
and they're in must-win territory as well. The other two games tomorrow night, Colorado, they're trying to win a second in a row. They host Seattle. Seattle's only got one win in their last seven. Colorado is not very good. Two wins in their last 14, but they did beat New England last time out. RSL, that's the other game last tomorrow night. They are hosting Dallas. Dallas is 0-5-2 in their last seven on the road. RSL, three wins out of their last six at home. Now, number three in the headlines, let's move to Saturday. couple of games to keep an eye on. D.C. hosting the Red Bulls. It's a rivalry match. It's an old-school MLS rivalry. It's also a game that could double as a wild-card play-in game, depending on what happens in the midweek. Philadelphia hosts LAFC on Saturday night. That's a rematch of last year's MLS Cup, but this time it will be in Chester, PA. And Nashville, they have that game in Kansas City. Then they take a longer trip out west to go to San Jose and some MLS after dark action. Where will Nashville be at the end of this week after games on the road in Kansas City and San Jose? I am very intrigued to see what the boys in gold look like at the end of this weekend. Number four on the headlines, NWSL expansion. Boston, they are going to be home to team number 15 in the league. They were announced today as the next expansion team. The Utah Royals will come back to the league next year alongside Bay Area FC. Boston, they're going to wait until 2026 to start. Now, I did want to play this clip for you. Uh, Lisa Berman, the manager or the commissioner of the NWSL, was asked about the partnership that is bringing Boston together with their venue and the partnership with the city. Here's the NWSL commissioner on how that could be a template for other cities. Yeah, so uh, last week before the Challenge Cup final, I talked about the fact that facilities and infrastructure is probably one of the biggest business challenges that we face, not controlling our, our own destiny in terms of scheduling, in terms of controlling other revenue streams in buildings makes it really hard to run a business. And we're trying to think creatively of ways that we can bring partners to the table to find solutions. And when this idea was presented by Jennifer and her ownership group, and we came and met with the city, and we realized that the idea of playing at White Stadium was actually solving a public problem for the community and was allowing for us to achieve some of our objectives in creating a control mechanism for the building where we will be, our team will be the primary tenant is a true win-win model. And we really do believe with the emergence and focus on the growth of women's sports, that women's sports teams and women's sports owners can perhaps think about ways to find creative solutions with cities through public-private partnerships that maybe haven't historically been available to professional sports. Love the partnership that Boston has put together with the city there, and it's going to provide more opportunities to everyone to use that venue, and it's also going to solve some of those issues. Keep them in mind when you talk about NWSL expansion and maybe here in Atlanta at some point down the road. Okay, three things that make me smile about the game really quickly. Remy Lola. Scored his first collegiate goal tonight, formerly of Atlanta United's academy. Played a lot with Atlanta United, too. He scored tonight for Clemson against Gardner-Webb. Keep an eye on Remy for the future for Atlanta United. Speaking of Atlanta United players elsewhere, Aiden McFadden. He's been playing really well for Memphis 901. He earned a spot on the USL Championship Team of the Week. It's awesome to see Aiden doing well. He's one of the players who gives everything to any club that he's at. 
thought he worked very hard for the first team in training for Atlanta United to being a mentor to the younger players. But now he is starring in Memphis for our old friend Stephen Glass. And number three about things that make me smile about the game, it's the opportunities that are ahead of Atlanta United this week. A nine-point week is not crazy to think about with this game tomorrow night in D.C. and then a home game against Montreal. They're both winnable. They're both difficult, but they're both winnable, especially if they can play at the level that they did on Saturday. And if that happens, then you can start thinking bigger about what this year could be. Really excited to see it all come to fruition. Number four about things that make me smile right now is that my voice didn't go out in this last segment. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Five Stripes Countdown, 7.39 kickoff, Atlanta United at D.C. United. And then Saturday, 7 o'clock, Five Stripes Countdown, 7.39 kickoff, Club de Foot Montreal at Atlanta United at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Everything on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Adios, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.